Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. It's 10.04 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to a very special edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and I'm pumped because this is my favorite show of the year. This is my, one of my favorite racing weekends of the year. I guess favorite racing weekend where I'm not at, at, at a racetrack. I mean, I love U.S. Open weekend at Lancaster Speedway in September. I love Race of Champions weekend at Lake Erie Speedway. I love being at a race for a weekend. Those are some great weekends of racing too, but I guess if there's a racing weekend where I'm just sitting on my couch or maybe racing day where I'm just sitting on my couch, this is this in the Daytona 500 are uh, number one and two on my list, but happy Memorial Day weekend and happy race day, everybody, as we're kicking you off, or maybe we're right in the middle of your big race day here on this Memorial Day Sunday, and this is a special edition of WGR's Fast Track as we are knee-deep in the Grand Prix of Monaco, 40 of 78 laps in the books uh, in Monaco right now with Daniel Ricciardo leading Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, Kimi Raikkonen, and Valtteri Bottas, so Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes. Um, that is underway. Again, we are on an hour early, of course, because at 11 o'clock it is live coverage of the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500, the uh, 102nd, 102nd running of the greatest spectacle in racing. That'll be coming up at 11, courtesy of the IMS Radio Network. Mark Janes will lead that broadcast. We talked to Mark on the program here a couple of weeks ago. And then at about... Uh, Five o'clock this afternoon, we'll throw it over to Doug Rice and our friends at the Performance Racing Network for live flag-to-flag coverage of the longest race on the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series schedule, the Coca-Cola 600 from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And we love to be uh, kicking off this day-long broadcasting of motorsports here in WGR and hope to talk to you at 803-0551-888-552-550. Your thoughts on any of the racing going on today or any other racing you may, may have seen at your local track this weekend? Uh, do you do anything fun to celebrate this day? Any uh, traditions, any big parties you'd throw for uh, this day of racing? And just your thoughts on either race. Who are your picks to win either the Indy 500 or the uh, Coke 600? Coming up on today's program, special guest, and uh, it's a NBC Sports combo platter, I guess you could could say, as I uh, managed to book two folks from NBC Sports. First off, at uh, quarter past, we'll talk to Jerry Bunkowski, who uh, is covering the Indianapolis 500 for NBC Sports. We'll talk to Jerry about all things IndyCar, and he's got some good write-ups over uh, on the NBC Sports website, uh, motorsports.nbcsports.com. And then we'll actually go back to Indianapolis, but we won't be talking IndyCar. Well, we, we may squeeze an IndyCar question to Nate Ryan from NBC Sports, but we'll talk to Nate about NASCAR, of course, uh, as he is a regular uh, lead doing their lead coverage uh, on uh, lead journalists for their uh, NASCAR coverage over there at NBC Sports. 
We'll talk to Nate about the Cokes' 100. We'll talk to Nate about the NASCAR Hall of Fame vote because he was one of the people that made cast a vote for the class, the 2019 class of the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame. And uh, what an interesting group that was with Jeff Gordon, Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison, Jack Roush, and Roger Penske will be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame next February. And uh, no surprise, Jeff Gordon going in in his first year of eligibility got 96% of the vote. Apparently one or two people did not pick uh, Jeff Gordon, the four-time champion, and, and but uh, he will, uh, as it was a surprise to no one, got in on his first year of eligibility. But still some interesting choices and some folks that still haven't gotten in that I thought maybe should have got ahead of maybe Alan Kowicki or Davey Ellison. But uh, it's fitting that both of those two gentlemen are going in in the same year since their uh, passings came both so closely together and both were uh, two of the biggest uh, faces of that era of NASCAR that uh, mid to late 80s, heading into the early 90s, they were going to be part of that uh post-Petty era generation, and unfortunately both of their lives cut short uh, in uh, aviation accidents, unfortunately, but uh, what a addition they would have been going throughout the 1990s to have them running with the, the likes of Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace and the big stars of that area, and they uh, certainly still managed to leave their mark on the sport before they were, took us, took, were taken from us too soon. But 803-0551-888-552-550. We start, though, on the Indianapolis 500, and it just – I, I, I follow IndyCar. I try to watch every race, but this race on its own is – I'm just a huge fan of this race. It has become uh, so exciting. I mean, I watched it a lot as a kid, and then the split, of course, happened in the 90s, and I lost a little bit of interest because the star power was gone, and, you know – I just couldn't get as excited for the the Buddy Laziers and Chad Boats or Billy Boats or uh you know the, the, the from that era the IRL era I just couldn't get into it and then uh, it, it it's come back to me and maybe just doing the show has kind of helped that too since we started on the air uh in uh 2007 2008 but it seems like that since maybe on oh, 2010 2011 I just this has become one of my favorite races of the year and uh, it's becomes it, it is the greatest spectacle in racing because there is uh, really a, a, all thirty three drivers have a shot. I don't think there's any one driver in in the Indianapolis five hundred field you you can say that oh they're not going to win because it seems like anybody can win this race and so many crazy things happen late in this race. Uh, I mean, you look at 2011 when Dan Weldon won his last one before he passed away. Uh, J.R. Hildebrand leading, crashing out with two to go, uh, going to victory lane. Alexander Rossi's win two years ago uh, on the fuel strategy, coming out of nowhere. You know, the, this kid that w- was destined for F1 but wasn't able to land a ride, uh, you know, agrees to to grab a ride with Andretti Autosport and Brian Herta, and next thing you know, he's the Indy 500 champion. And now he's become one of the sport's biggest stars. Uh, it's just this race has a, an aura of unpredictability. Uh, the pageantry, every, you know, all the pre-race with uh, Jim Cornelson now in, instead of uh, singing back home again in Indiana. Just everything about it is amazing. And it's the one sporting event I'd like to get to sometime in my lifetime, I think. It is number one on my list. But uh, just anything can happen in this race. And, and I, I went back and looked, and the last time there wasn't a, a pass for the lead in the Indianapolis 500 within five laps to go was you got to go back to 2010 when Dario Franchitti, and he took the lead with eight laps to go. And I didn't, I didn't keep going back to see how far you had to go to find one that didn't come within 10 laps to go. But every year since 2011, we've had at least one, if not two passes for the lead inside the final five laps. So this one, 
comes right down to the end, uh, right down to the the final laps every year, and uh, that's I, I think that what what makes it so exciting because uh, you don't know who's going to win until maybe the the final turn of the last lap, and uh, it's it like I said, it's it lives up to its billing as the greatest spectacle in racing, and any all thirty thirty three drivers have a shot. Uh, there are a few favorites out there as, uh, you know, we look at the starting grid and, uh, I mean, there's some great stories on the front row alone. I mean, Ed Carpenter on the pole, uh, the native Indianan, uh, when he won the pole for the race last Sunday, the, the, I was watching on, uh, on ABC and ESPN and just the crowd went nuts. The, if uh, he is the hometown favorite and the, the locals really get behind Ed Carpenter as the, the place went nuts when he went to the pole and, uh, they were just, it was very loud cheering and they and they had the volume the uh the crowd volume up on the the TV broadcast of qualifying but they were pumped to see Edwin the pull he's had some good runs there he is a great story right there to win then you've got Simon Pagano in the middle of the front row who hasn't had much success in this race since uh coming to IndyCar but of course you know he is Driving for Penske, so that gives him a really good shot to win. Anything can happen, and uh, he's starting up front. And then Will Power, who uh, I think is my pick to win today. I know Mark Janes uh, talked about him, too, a couple of weeks ago when we had Mark on the show. Uh, but here's a guy. Th- this would be maybe the last thing he needs to cross off his list, off his uh, IndyCar resume. He finally won a championship after fin- finishing second three years in a row, and now he's got this just to do and, and then he'll be set for life and and will has had some great runs in this race he's come up short you know came up short to montoya back in 2015 he has never ever since joining penske racing in 2010 he has never failed to qualify outside of the top nine so he's always has a fast car when he comes to indianapolis and uh, he just needs to have luck on his side today and i i think will power is my uh just favorite pick, maybe not my sentimental favorite, but just if you had to pick a favorite to win, I think that would be tops on my list. Row two, you got uh, Joseph Newgarden, Sebastian Bourdais, who might be my sentimental pick just because I think Seb is a a, a great uh, competitor, a great race car driver. Uh, was fortunate to catch up with him at Watkins Glen last year, but to see him come back after the pelvis in- uh, injury he suffered in- during practice and qualifying for last year's race that took him out of the car for so long, uh, I think it would be neat to see him come back and win it today. He's going from the middle of the second row for for Dale Coyne. Spencer Piggott, another Ed Carpenter car, is on the outside of that second row. Row three, you've got Danica Patrick and her final uh, race of her career. Uh, don't She uh, continues to say that this will be it. She's hanging up her helmet after today. Whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, she won't get, be getting back behind the wheel of anything. And uh, so this will be her final uh, final race. And uh, say what you will about Danica, but when it comes to the Indy 500, she is, you know, she's earned some street cred. She's led this race before. She's had some good runs, and she's got a shot. She's she's got another Ed Carpenter car, so she's just as good as her equipment is just as good as Piggott and Carpenters, and uh, she'll be in the mix today if she can stay out of trouble and hopefully that bad luck that always seemed to follow her in NASCAR doesn't follow her over to back to IndyCar today and she can stay out of trouble. She could uh, definitely have a shot to win the race today. And then she's joined in row three by Elio Castroneves, who, of course, is searching for that fourth win in this event. That would be a great story, obviously, for him to join the uh, the Unsers and Foyts of the world as a four-time winner of this race. And another former winner in Scott Dixon, who, of course, had that amazing crash in last year's race when he flipped the car on the back straightaway. Uh, what a still the most uh, dramatic scene from last year's race. Uh, he rolls off from the ninth position. So even in the top nine there, there's plenty of great stories and people you want to pull for today just in the front th- three rows. But really, 
any year, any driver just about when it comes to Indianapolis 500 because anything can happen in this race, and I think that's what makes it so much fun. With that, we're going to go to the AT&T hotline and bring in our first of two guests from NBC Sports today. First up is veteran motorsports journalist and author Jerry Bonkowski. Jerry, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. It's been a while. Great to talk to you once again. Yeah, good to hear from you too, Dave. How's it going? Uh, doing fine. Ready to uh, we're right in the middle of this uh, great day of motorsports and uh, looking looking forward here to talk to you about the Indianapolis 500. How are you feeling on this race day? I'll tell you, I think this could be a classic. I really have a good feeling about this race. I mean, you know, you, we can say this every year, but there's just certain years that stand out in storylines that, uh, you know, we have already seen so far this year heading into today's race. Uh, it just tells me that this could be one that is going to be in the record books. So I think that a lot of people are going to uh, come away from this with a lot of good memories and uh there's going to be a big surprise, I think, at the end. I think that uh, you're going to see a, you know, a, a very big surprise winner in this race. We've seen a couple of surprise winners the last few years with Rossi in 16 and uh, Takuma Sato last year, and I mm-hmm. think uh, that trend's going to continue this year. Who do you think is uh, the biggest on those, uh, if you had to make a, a list of surprises, what would be the, the best surprise you would be pulling for today? Well, I think there's a few. I mean, certainly Elio Castroneves is going for number four. I think that, you know, he's had, uh, this is his ninth try since his, la- you know, the, his last win. Uh, you know, this is the ninth try for the number four that would put him in the very elite class with A.J. Foyt, Al Unzer, and Rick Mears uh, for having won the 500 four times. So I think that's the number one story. The number two story, the feel-good story, I think, if you want to call that, is um, Ed Carpenter, the pole sitter. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's from Indianapolis, and I was I interviewed him earlier this year and did a story yesterday on NBCSports.com, and mm-hmm. I was actually surprised. You know, an Indiana driver or somebody from the Indianapolis area has not won the race since 1940. Wow. 78 years, uh, we've not seen an Indy uh, or Indian, Indianapolis area uh, driver win it. So I think that's going to be a very big, big feel-good story. And, of course, you have Danica Patrick. I mean, her last final race. And, uh, you know, I, I think she'll do well if she can stay out of trouble. You know, if there's, she's not involved in an accident, there's not any mechanical failure. I think she's looking at a, probably a top-10 finish. Uh, you know, she people, uh, you know, really I don't think really understand or realize that in her previous seven times at the 500, she's had, I think, six top ten finishes. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, she hasn't been in the car for seven years, you know, being in the NASCAR world. But I think she uh, I think she could surprise a few people with a, a very strong finish. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, her finish in the top five. Jerry, you just you mentioned Ed Carpenter a second ago, and I, I was going to bring up your your uh, piece on him on it over at um, motorsports.nbcsports.com, and I just couldn't believe. Or it's just amazing the hometown support Ed gets. I mean, that place went nuts when he won the poll last weekend. If they if uh, if there's a uh, home if there's a home team, I guess in today's race, Ed is certainly it. No question about it. And I think, you know, you're right. I mean, the the support down there. I mean, I've been going to Indianapolis for years, and uh, you know, it's it's. You know, Indianapolis is a major city, but it's also a small town, if you, if you understand where I'm coming from. I mean, people are just so, uh, they're so tight. You know, they're so friendly. They're so close. And, you know, when when a, a local boy go, makes good, so to speak, they're they're going to put uh, 100% support behind him. And I think that, you know, you're going to see when the, when the cars roll up, or even, uh, even before that, when he's introduced before the race today, mm. I think you're going to see a huge uh, round of applause and cheers for him. I you look back at the winners, Jerry, and three. I think it's three out of the last four years. This race has actually been won by Andretti Autosport. How do you think that team stacks up today? They've obviously got 
uh, plenty of talented and former winners in guys like Rossi and Hunter Ray and, of course, Marco. Uh, what do you think about the Andretti cars this afternoon? You know, I think they're going to do well, but I think their streak might be coming to an end. I just think there's so many other good drivers out there and so many other teams uh, that somebody else is going to wind up winning this race. But that's not to say that Andretti can't. I mean, you know, you've got uh, guys like Marco Andretti who, you know, arguably has had probably his best month of May uh, probably since he's ever been since he's been going there. You know, this is mm-hmm. Team Indy 500. I spoke with him earlier in the week, and you know, he he seems very pumped and primed. And you know, if if an Andretti driver does win, I'm not going to be surprised if it's going to be Marco that that wins. But uh, you know, you've got Ryan Hunter Ray, you've got all the other drivers in the in the, the fold there. Uh, they've got uh, what is it uh, six drivers, I believe, in the in the in the race. So they've got the numbers behind them but the thing is you know who's going to be there at uh, after lap 200 and it takes the checkered flag but i i think that uh, you know i like marco andretti and uh, what what a storyline that would be 49 years finally an andretti wins against yeah. 301 in the 69 so yeah there's uh, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, pulling for the andretti camp for sure you mentioned Marco, and another big uh, IndyCar family, of course, is the Ray Hall family with Bobby and, of course, Graham. And I don't know, I'd be kind of disappointed in Graham. He didn't qualify well. He didn't have much speed in qualifying. I, I thought he was, he, was having, he was off to a good start this year on the IndyCar season, but for whatever it's worth, it's just, I don't know if, if, he's just, if they've been uh, just saving it for the race, but it seems like they've struggled here so far in the month of May. That's exactly it. They have struggled. And, you know, not only him, but also Takuma Sato, the defending winner. Of course, Takuma won it last year with Andretti mm-hmm. and over to Ray Hall. But uh, I just, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not putting a lot of uh, faith in what uh, Ray Hall and Takuma will do this, uh, this race today. I, I think that they're just, like you said, they've been struggling for speed all month. Uh, you know, I think there was that one day that uh, Graham was right near the top of, uh, of the speed charts, uh, but you know, that was more uh, because of the toe rather than anything else. So I think that, you know, now they're going to have, you know, 32 cars around you. Uh, he's going he's gonna to have some problems. I mean, this is going to be a di- very difficult race for guys that are, you know, near the back. I mean, we talked uh, about Andretti. I mean, we've also got uh, Alexander Rossi. He's starting 32nd in, yeah. uh, in the middle of the back row. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the heat that's going to be there today, it's going to be in the mid to, to high, ni- or the low to mid-90s, I should say. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for guys that are in the back of the pack to move forward to the front of the uh, the race. I mean, this is not going to be like NASCAR's Coca-Cola 600 where you can pace yourself. I mean, if you're in the back and starting today's race, you're going to have a hard time moving to the front. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the temperature, the the lower 90s. Uh, I always want to go to the, go to this event, but I don't know if I'd want to sit there all, all day in, in, in those temperatures and that Indiana heat today. That's going to make for a long afternoon, not only for the drivers, but the fans, all the 300,000 fans are going to, going to be there today. Yeah, I mean, the one good thing, I mean, I looked at the forecast not too long ago this morning, and it does say that there's going to be some cloud cover coming in right around uh, after the start of the race. So for about from about uh, noon until about 3 o'clock Eastern, there will be some cloud cover. doesn't mean there's going to be rain or anything like that, but mm. it'll be, it, it, you know, if there is cloud, that should bring the temperatures down a little bit, but still, it's going to be mighty, mighty hot out there. Uh, last thing, Jerry. Of course, always uh, always one of the things to watch for the Indy 500 is the rookie class. They always have you know their rookie of the year for this event every year, and it's a a nice mix of drivers. Of course, Robert Wickens, who's uh, grabbed so many headlines already this year. Zachary Kalman Demello, who's filling in for Pietro Fittipaldi. Uh, Matthias Leis driving for AJ Foyt and Kyle Kaiser. Uh, what do you think of the rookies this year, especially Wickens? I mean, unfortunately, that Schmidt Peterson team—they've taken two big hits now in the last couple weeks here with Hinch missing the race, and then uh, Wickens had a, a big practice crash, I think, on Monday. But uh, what do you think of this year's rookie class? 
Well, I like Wickens. I mean, I think that he is going to be a bona fide star in this series. And, you know, he's got a lot more pressure on him, not just because he's a rookie at Indianapolis, but he's basically uh, carrying the mantle for Schmidt-Peterson today because mm-hmm. Schmidt didn't qualify for the race. So I think that Wickens, uh, you know, he could be a surprise guy. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to put him down and say that he's not going to uh, have a good race. I think he could very easily be a, a surprise winner, or if not a winner, certainly in the top three uh, with the podium finish, maybe a top five at the very least. So uh, keep your eye on that car. I think that, the, you know, he's – he he's learned to adapt to this oval track racing very very quickly. I mean, you know, he's only this is only his what his second race on an oval, I believe, with yeah. at Phoenix earlier this year, and mm-hmm. you know that's been it. And he's adapted very well. So keep your eye on him, and you know certainly he'll have Hinchcliffe uh, giving him his full hundred full full support from the pits as well too. So it's going to be like I said earlier, it's going to be a classic race, and you know whoever wins, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of people going to be very happy. Whoever it is that will wind up winning this race. Jerry, it's uh, got to be exciting times over there at the Peacock, with uh, especially when it comes to IndyCar racing. I mean, you guys taking over next year. NBC will have the Indy 500 next year, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of exciting things we'll see over at NBCSports.com this week post-race. Most definitely. We've got a lot of plans that are already in the works uh, you know, this early for next year as well, so I'm very excited and looking forward to uh, being part of all that. Jerry, uh, uh, like I said, it's been a while. Glad we were able to catch up. Thank you so much for your insight on this busy race morning, and enjoy the racing today. I will. You too. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Yeah, Dave. All right. Jerry Bonkowski from NBC Sports, uh, motorsports.nbcsports.com, and you can follow, follow, uh, also follow him on Twitter, at Jerry Bonkowski, if I could get the words out of my mouth. And uh, he right now, as he said, he's got a piece up uh, about pole sitter Ed Carpenter you can check out right now, and also... Uh, uh, one of the experts that have placed their picks over at NBCSports.com is, uh, I didn't even ask him on the air, but Jerry is uh, pulling for uh, Elio Castroneves today to get his uh, fourth win in the Indianapolis 500. Uh, 803-0551-888-552-550. We come back, we'll actually go back out to Indianapolis. We'll talk to Nate Ryan from NBC Sports, but we'll do it about NASCAR and the NASCAR Hall of Fame vote. As we continue on, uh, they are on lap 55 at Monaco. Ricardo still leads by about a second over Vettel. Uh, then Hamilton, Raikkonen, and Botas are your uh, top five still there at Monaco. Ricardo has led pretty much the whole race so far uh, since they went green about uh, 9 a.m. this morning. So we'll continue to monitor that. Maybe we'll get to a finish by the time we go off the air. And again, we'll talk to you when we come back here with more Fast Track on this special Memorial Day weekend edition of Fast Track on WGR. Hey, this is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., driving number 17 Fastenal Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 10.30 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and a special edition of WGR's Fast Track. As we are just a uh, half hour away from pre-race coverage for the Indianapolis 500 with the IMS Radio Network. And green flag is 12.19 this afternoon uh, for the Indianapolis 500 with Ed Carpenter on the pole. That race will get done about 4 o'clock or so. And then uh, 5 o'clock, you can get pre-race coverage of the Coke 600 and green flag just after 6 o'clock over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. It is Kyle Busch on the pole for today's race. Kyle's never won a points-paying race uh, at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He's won all-star race, but never won the uh, points-paying race there at Charlotte. Joey Logano to the outside. Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones in row two. Brad Keselowski won the Xfinity Series race yesterday in row three alongside Ryan Newman, Jamie McMurray, and Ryan Blaney in row four. Eric Almarola and Daniel Suarez round out your top ten starters today. You've got Kyle Larson in 11th. 
Uh, Martin Truex, who, of course, has dominated this race the last couple of years, uh, he rolls off 15th today. Kurt Busch starts 16th. Matt Kenseth, still driving for Roush Fenway Racing, he starts 17th today. You've got William Byron and Chase Elliott in row 11. Uh, Jimmy Johnson starting back in 23rd. Alex Bowman in 27th. And then Kevin Harvick couldn't get through uh, technical inspection before qualifying, so didn't even make a lap. So Kevin starts out back today in the uh, 39th starting position. Again, luckily for Kevin, of course, is that it's the longest race of the year for the uh, NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series. So he's got plenty of time to uh, work his way through the field today, and I, I'm sure he'll be a factor at some point despite his starting position, of course, you're with uh, five wins already, plus the All-Star race last week. Uh, I, I'm sure at some point, as long as uh, Kevin stays out of trouble, um, he'll be a factor at some point uh, despite where he starts in today's race. Uh, we're going to talk to Nate Ryan from Missy Sports here in just a couple of minutes about today's uh, race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway and get his thoughts in the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame vote that took place this week. And uh, as I said uh, off the top, of course, Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison, Jeff Gordon, Jack Roush, and Roger Penske. Uh, I thought the the biggest snub on the Hall of Fame vote was uh, Buddy Baker. I, I'm surprised Buddy uh, continues to a couple of years now that he has not gotten in. Um, I thought... Uh, with uh, his accomplishments, the the Daytona 500 wins, uh, his his broadcasting career, even after his driving career, everything, uh, I thought that that might be enough to to get him in a little bit sooner. But it's it's been it's been difficult uh, for for Buddy to get in, and uh, he uh, was near the top, but wasn't in the top five in voting at the end. Uh, he was near the the, the top, but uh, could not make it in unfortunately this year but that that's someone I was a little bit disappointed that didn't make it in um I thought career wise I mean obviously Davey and Allen's career cut short but and Allen did win a championship before he passed Davey won the, the Daytona 500 but never won a championship uh I thought maybe Buddy should have gone in maybe before one of them but uh I know Allen especially had a lot of buzz surrounding him this year there was uh, a lot of uh, of course, with the I think we came to the 25th anniversary of his passing this year and everything, and uh, there was a yeah, lot of uh, media buzz about him in, in the last couple of months. Um, the uh, the one uh, there was that the podcast, the uh, one racing podcast, did a really nice video package about him and, and telling his story uh, coming up from uh, the Midwest, and uh, of course uh, being a driver owner and being an engineer and everything, just uh, coming from where he was to becoming a NASCAR champion. Uh, so there was a lot of, it seemed like a lot of support for Allen this year and that he got in, but uh, I, I was hoping Buddy would get in this year, but maybe next year. But one of the people that got to decide that is joins us now live from Indianapolis from NBC Sports, Nate Ryan. Nate, good morning. It's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you. Uh, good to talk to you as well, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of a busy race morning to talk to us. Uh, let, let's start with uh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame vote. And uh, you were there uh, choosing. And just tell us what it's like being part of that process, first of all. Uh, it's a pretty humbling experience, Dave. It's uh, something I've had the privilege of getting due each of the last 10 years since the first NASCAR Hall of Fame vote in 2009. And every year it's a fascinating process. To be in the voting room where the discussion of the candidates takes place and hear a lot of uh, legends and, and power brokers within the NASCAR industry, you know, discuss why they're voting, who they're voting for. It's uh, it's quite quite the spectacle, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to witness it. 
Uh, of course, Jeff Gordon was going to be a gimme this year, uh, given he's, he got 96% of the vote. Uh, out of the uh, other four, uh, Jack Rouse, Roger Penske, Davey Elsa, Ellen Kowicki, which one was kind of the, the last one in, I guess you could say? Who was the, the one that maybe came the closest of, of not getting in this year? Well, they uh, released voting percentages, Dave, and I believe that Kowicki, or Kowicki definitely was the lowest. He was the fifth one in, and I believe he was around 40 to 45 percent. And I think that uh, fourth was uh, Allison, I think, with around 60 percent. So those guys were right on the bubble. I, and I was, I know I was talking about uh, Buddy Baker right before we had you on, and I know he finished near the top five. I think he was like seventh or eighth, but just missed out. But that is someone I would have liked to have seen gone in. Um now that we've gotten so far into the the Hall of Fame, and now they've got a solid group of, of enshrined individuals, do you think that uh, th- there there might be a, a chance now to maybe kind of change uh, who uh, the amount of drivers that get in, or maybe starting kind of like a, a category for uh, older uh, the builders of the sport and whatnot? Do you do you think maybe that we'll see a change a little bit in the voting procedure, or do you think they'll continue to do this five uh, personalities a year going in going forward? I think they should change it. In the past, they have said that after year 10, they would reevaluate. Next year will be the 10th class when that class gets inducted, I believe, on February 1st, 2019. That's the 10th class. So NASCAR has a lot on its plate right now. Obviously, there are a lot of other things going on. Yeah. But I would hope that that's something they're looking to address because I think taking five people every year, regardless of voting percentages, is a mistake. I, I think that they're starting to reach the point where... Uh, now with 50 people in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, there needs to be a little bit more, I think, discretion used in terms of who gets in. And I would like to see at least the requirement that you need to have half the vote to get in. There have been some years where uh, you've had multiple people with less than 50% of the vote be elected, and I don't think that's such a good precedent. I think that you should have to have at least half the vote to make it. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports joining us. Nate, I know you're in Indianapolis, but uh, I appreciate you talking to us here about today's race in Charlotte with the uh, the Coca-Cola 600. And I don't know, Nate, give, this race hasn't been super exciting the last couple of years. Give me give me something to look forward to tonight. What should I be watching for this evening? <laughs> kind of put me on the spot, man. <laughs> there. So I can't even really give you a sense of like no, I know. Oh, Thursday and yesterday went. But I, and you're right. I, and I won't sugarcoat it. Um, this, this has not been a race that has been so eventful, unfortunately, in the last few years. And I think that was why there was a lot of talk after the All-Star race about trying uh, the package of the uh, arrow and, and uh, restrictor plates bringing lower horsepower. There's a lot of talk about trying to use that. Obviously, they're not using that. So you're going to see probably something more like you've seen in the last few years. You know, 2015, Martin Truex Jr., I was there that year. Mm. Or no, it was 2016. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, two years ago led 393 of 400 laps, yep. and and there's no way to put a fine point on it. That was it was not pretty. Yep. <laughs> so I hope that what they have tonight. Uh, obviously, last year they added stages. This is the only race with four stages on the schedule for 100 lap segments. So uh, I would hope that what they have tonight is a little more compelling, and uh, we'll see if it is. I know coming out of the All-Star Race, there was a lot of swell of support for that package of the All-Star Race because it, it seemed to provide somewhat of a better product on track. And then, you know, they were trying to 
to kind of calm everybody or, or kind of lower lower the expectation because they're saying, you know, you know, we can't really roll this out anytime soon because we can't put the cost on the teams. And I understand that. But now you're getting like Roger Penske coming out saying that he would he would be all for them maybe at some point later this year, bringing that that package to a, a mile and a half track. Where do you think it stands? Is it still 2019 at the earliest that we see something like we saw last week in a points race for the Cup Series? No, it'll happen this year, Dave. Oh, it will? Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not official yet uh-huh. when you have uh, people like Penske out there and, and drivers out there saying it. Uh, I, I would be stunned if that package isn't used when NASCAR returns to where I'm at right now at the Brickyard mm-hmm. for the regular season cutoff race in September on NBC. They'll determine the playoffs. I'd be stunned if they don't use the package here uh, for that race. And then I think you could also see it used probably at Michigan mm-hmm. uh, because NASCAR is already using a similar package in the Xfinity Series uh, for Michigan and Pocono. I think you could see it at Michigan, and it wouldn't surprise me if you saw it in a mile-and-a-half track like Kentucky. Well, I would look forward to that, certainly. Uh, Nate, of course, the Coke 600 does have uh, somewhat of a history of producing some first-time winners, not a guarantee, but uh, there's some drivers that could really use a first-career win this week uh, weekend, one of them being Chase Elliott. Uh, what are the, the chances that the, the young guns that have been so uh, popularized this year, what are the chances of one of, the, one of these youngsters maybe getting a first win today? So Someone like a Daniel Suarez even, too, seems to be, uh, after a slow start this year, he seems to be picking up some momentum. Sure. Like if you look at the history, Dave, of the Cocoa 600, we talked about this on NASCAR America on NBC SN uh, on our motorsports special Friday. Uh, there have been a lot of first-time winners in this race. Uh, Matt Kenseth, who of course is is back in, at Roush Fenway Racing, back uh, in in the Cup Series for this race in the number six Ford. Uh, he won for the first time in Cup here in in Charlotte in 2000, and uh, there have been several first-time winners just like that. You know, David Rudiman in 2009 would be another one. Uh, Casey Mears, of course, never won again, <laughs> but he, he won the Coca-Cola 600 in 2007. So I think there's an opportunity there where, for whatever reason, maybe it's the length of the race, it seems to lend itself to having first-time winners. So uh, that could be, if you're looking for that hook that you were asking for me earlier, maybe that's it for tonight. I would cert- I'd love to see Daniel Daniel get his first win. I, like I said, he kind of struggled out of the gates this year, but hopefully he could, if, if there's someone that could do it today, I'd Love to see him get his first win. Of course, uh, famously spending his, his first winter in America here in Western New York. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, someone I, I'd like to see get his first crew win today. Uh, Nate, before I let you go, I, I got to ask you since they're there about uh, since you're there about the Indianapolis 500. Uh, just who are you, who are your who is your favorite to win the race today? Uh, any of the Penske drivers. Uh, if again, I would say it's, it's Penske versus the field, and if one of those four drivers doesn't win. I think it would be a shocker. And they have the best engine combination with Chevrolet and the Delara. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they put all four of their guys in the Fast 9. So I think Simon Pagito has had an excellent uh, couple of weeks here. Joseph Newgarden, of course, the defending series champion. He's uh, a serious threat to win this race. Will Power has been in the mix for this race before. Nearly won it in 2015 when Montoya won. And then, of course, Elio Castroneves is going for his fourth mm-hmm. Indy 500 win today with Benzie. I think any of those four guys could could be the one. And uh, your current edition of the NBC NASCAR and NBC podcast, you actually talked to James Hinchcliffe. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but uh, obviously I'm sure he had a lot of inter- interesting things to say since he's not going to be in the race today. Yeah, I appreciate you plugging that tape. Yeah, he's a, he's a fabulous personality. I talked to him yesterday morning, and he was in really good spirits despite the circumstances. He obviously said there's, there's no way to put a happy face on what today's going to be like for him. <laughs> 
uh, getting bumped out of this race while well, he's fifth in the point standings. That's severe blow to his championship hopes. But um, he's just a great personality. Both him and Newgarden uh, are, are the type of driver personalities and you know the charisma there. NASCAR and IndyCar both need more guys like that. Very good. Uh, Nate, again, thank you so much. I know I, I felt like an idiot when you told me you're going to be in Indianapolis and I asked you to talk about Charlotte. Thank you so much for doing this on Race Morning. Uh, looking forward to your coverage continuing on NBC Sports, especially when uh, the TV moves over to NBC for NASCAR later this year. Thank you so much and enjoy the race today. Hey, I appreciate it, David. No problem at all. You can always put me on the spot. I don't mind. All right. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. At Nate Ryan, uh, a phenomenal uh, journalist and personality. We love uh, Nate getting him on the show, especially on a busy race morning like this. We appreciate him taking the time. And, uh, yeah, NBC, is it's the play, It's going to be the place for racing. I mean, they'll, they'll still, they have the NASCAR TV deal next year. IndyCar is every race is on the NBC family networks. They're picking up the IMSA package next year on TV. So NBC and NBCSN is really going all in on motorsports, uh, even more so than before. And that is another interesting point about today with the Indianapolis 500. Today will be, at least for now, the last Indy 500 broadcast on ABC is today. Uh, I mean, it, never say never. They may get the rights again down the down the line, but next year it's on NBC. And it goes back to 1965 when ABC first started carrying the Indianapolis 500. And the only – and I've, I know I've had this stat before on the show, but the only sports TV deal that's longer than that was is the Masters on CBS, which goes back to like the late 50s, 1950s. So this is a, a, a end of a pretty big era. I just uh, – for years, this race being an ABC with uh, all of the great personalities that, that have worked for them throughout the years, uh, you know, the Jim McKay's, Paul Page, uh, Chris Economaki, of course, uh, just the, the people that worked for that worked with them throughout the years, and some of the great memories of watching this race in ABC. I mean, two of my uh, memories of watching this race as a kid was the year uh, Emerson Fittipaldi and Al Unser were racing for the win, and Little Al crashed in M01. And then coming back in 92, Little Al edging out good, Scott Goodyear for his first Indy 500 win. I mean, those, those were huge memories for me watching this race and watching on ABC. And, and then, of course, later years watching you know Weldon's win in 2011 and, and Rossi just a couple of years ago. So it's a pretty big end of an era when it comes to a motorsports broadcasting day with the, at least for now, final Indy 500 on ABC. Our final segment is up next. We'll close out the program when we get back here on this special edition of Fast Track on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And I'll start with the Friday night action. Lancaster Dragway finally got their first points race in. Mark Herbold got the uh, TNT Super Series win. Anne-Marie Nugent, brand new race car, and she took it to a win in top eight eliminator. Mark Talmadge and top ET Wright Rickardson beat brother Clay and mod ET Brian Babiak and Bikes and Sleds. Mason Fix, another win in Street ET. Big race this Saturday night at Lancaster. The International Super Modified Association returns to the half mile here in Western New York for a great show this coming Saturday night. Ranceville Speedway on Friday. Tommy Flanagan edged out Eric Rudolph in a thrilling 40-lap $2,000 to win special for the Modifieds. James Henry finally got the monkey off his back in the Sportsman. Pete Stefanski in the Street Stocks. Matt Hornquist in the Four Bangers. David Fingerlow in the Novice Sportsman. Uh, ULMS special at Freedom Raceway on Friday night. That was won by, no surprise here, Max Blair over Mike Maresca and Doug Eck. Brad Rouse and Adam Leslie make it a Canadian 1-2 sweep in the Sportsman. Billy Taylor in the Street Stocks. 
and Chad Dickinson got the win at the mini st- in the mini stock Saturday night Hollins Hill- Hillside Speedway. Uh, Neil Dietz getting the win in the Sportsman. Kyle Hutchinson in the TQ Midgets. Ken Maltby another street stock win. Uh, Bob Bogner in the four cylinders and Marty Hughes the Madman got the figure eight win. Genesee Speedway last night. It was Kyle Murray, the youngster, picking up his second win of the year, all of, I believe, 17 years old. Cadillac Dave Conant got the win in the sportsman over Tony Moscato and, and Zeke the Street Gray Bliss. Glenn Wertnauer getting the win in the street stocks. Dante Mancuso in the mini stocks. Bailey Logsdon in the Bandits. Merrittville Speedway. Uh, last night it was a 30-lap special for the sportsman. Brett Bigelow got the win. Mike Bowman over Gary Lindbergh and Matt Williamson in the 358 Modifieds. Rob Murray in the Hoosier stocks. Chris Watson in the Mod Lights. John Couture in the six-cylinder stocks. And Anthony Kelly got the win in the mini stocks. If you're looking for some local action tonight, you can go over to the Humberstone Speedway in Port Colborne. They are in action uh, tonight with their usual five-division program. Two laps to go in Monaco. They had a virtual safety car incident uh, with uh, Charles Leclerc and Brendan Hartley got together. Uh, Le- the brakes went on Leclerc's car, and he drove right to the back of Hartley. That set up a brief virtual safety car, but they are under green. But Ricardo has a six-second advantage on Vettel right now. So, And, uh, yeah, two, they're on lap 77 to 78, so this will go checkered in just mere moments here. Ricardo, Vettel, Hamilton... Uh, Raikkonen and Botas, and that's the Raikkonen and Botas right now. That's the best battle on the racetrack as they are uh, within striking distance of each other. But the top three are kind of set in stone, barring any kind of uh, major incident here in this final uh, lap and a half. But uh, so Daniel Ricciardo looks like he will get the win in the Monaco Grand Prix. Enjoy the racing today. Uh, tweet us throughout the day at Fast Track 550, and we'll talk to you about it here next Sunday back at our regularly scheduled time of 11 a.m. As we'll be back uh, kicking off the month of June with you next weekend with our uh, at our regular start time. But uh, I guess I said before, will, pulling for uh, willpower and uh, Sebastian Bordet are my uh, favorite and sentimental picks for today's uh, Indianapolis 500. And uh, I think uh, Kyle Busch will uh, take care of business today at or this evening in Charlotte as well too. So those are my uh, picks for the uh, two races today. Uh, and looking forward to spending 1,100 miles of racing with you race fans there in Western New York. Hope you enjoyed the day. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.